Crow Hill here. Today we review an Imperial Brown Ale and discuss the right to privacy. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. Good evening, Crow Hill. What's on your mind today? Tell me, you, sir. Yeah? What were you doing today, about 12, between 12 and 12.30? What was I doing? To, um, I, well, what's, why is that any of your business? <laughs> uh, I, I think that's an admission of guilt. And because it, I, if you had, apparently you have something to hide, or you would tell me exactly what you were doing. Well, I mean, what if it was just something that, well, maybe I was planning your birthday or something like that. I mean, you know, wh why do I have to tell you exactly what I was doing at 12.30 today? I just think that you would want to relieve me of the concerns that I have that what you were doing was illicit and uh, But I don't, think it's any of your, I don't think it's any of your business to know whether what well, I was doing. Well, I mean, it's in the Constitution. What is? The right to privacy. Is it? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, well, I think we need to look into that. Well, after I look into this... Yes. First, we have to celebrate the uh, pastryarchy. Uh, yes! And it, 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 what, number, where, what number are we on now? 18. We are the 18th edition of the pastryarchy. Yes. Good old Ducal Brewing right up the road here. Yeah, yeah. And they this is Root Beer Float Imperial Brown Ale. Right, now, so it's always it's always a 16-ounce 16, 16 4-pack. Over eight percent, while the, where where they just create some fantastic beer which has a pastry theme. And you know the, the you know everybody loves root beer and ice cream. Yeah, right. I mean that's that's a, just a lovely thing. But I've never, I suppose, I suppose it's sort of been in the back of my mind to take a brown ale and put some ice cream in it. All right, and but I've, never done it. I've never done it's it. It's also been in my mind to take a root beer float and put some booze in it. Yes, yes, exactly. So, so what have we got here? Uh, I'm saying. Okay. We're expecting I'm, uh, I'm, a root, some root beer action. How does it say I'm smelling some root beer. Vanilla around. bean. Yeah. Any vanilla bean? Yeah, I'm smelling some uh, root beer action. Yeah. It's not quite a sarsaparilla kind of a smell, but got a got a bit of a root beer type right. of smell. Is that what the root is that gives us root beer? Is sarsaparilla? Well, I think usually it's um, like if you want to make sassafras. Sassafras and wintergreen. And something else. What to make homemade root beer? Yeah, huh. yeah. I, I've done it a couple times. Been now, a long is it, time. Is is the is the root beer color an additive, or 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 does the, or do those roots provide some dark that darkness? When I've done it, it, it provided the darkness. Oh, okay. Just from All the right. roots. So it's yeah. not fake. Yeah. So I, I remember when I was a boy, I found out about about um, sassafras. And I would dig up sassafras. And, Which is a fun word to say, but Yeah, it is. Yeah. And take take the roots and make sassafras tea out of it. Ah. And then I found when I got a little bit older that sassafras is actually one of the natural carcinogens that you should probably avoid. So I quit doing that. But sassafras is actually a delightful smell. Have you ever, ever pulled up a sassafras yeah, tree right. and, and, you know, scratch the root and get that smell? So a brown, uh, an imperial brown ale with additions of vanilla bean and lactose. Hmm. Right, so the lactose is supposed to make it more ice creamy. Yeah. Um, and will you tell me? Are you getting it? Not getting a lot of ice creamy. I'm getting a bit of the root beer flavor. Yeah. But it's delightful. It's a dry finish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not cloying. But it has, no, it has somewhere, it does have a bit of a root beer float kind of a flavor to it. Yeah, 
these guys are just having fun. And long live the patriarchy. Long live the patriarchy. Absolutely, yes. Okay, so uh, why would you think that you have a right to know what I did at 1230 today? I, because I just figure it's either, it's probably in the Bill of Rights. If it's not, it's certainly in the Constitution because you know how everybody says you're right to this and a right to that and a right to free speech and all yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it sort of it sort of flows in with all of the other rights. Um, so it must be in one of the one one of those two. Come to find out, it simply is not. No, it's not. And apparently, the the, the operative phrase here is emanations and penumbras. That the right to privacy comes from emanations and penumbras, which are weird words uh, from the Constitution. The idea is. It sort of, it, it sort of underlies the text of the Constitution, but it's not really there. So this is what uh, this is what I've got from the Right to Privacy website. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the United States Constitution does not explicitly refer to the right of privacy. The Bill of Rights expresses concerns of James Madison, along with others, for protecting. So what we have done is kind of combined. The First Amendment allows the privacy of beliefs. The Third Amendment, the privacy of the home against the demands to be used for, for to house soldiers. The Fourth Amendment, the privacy of persons and possessions from unreasonable seizure. Right. The Fifth Amendment, the privacy of personal information through preventing self-incrimination. Right, yeah. Uh, and then furthermore, so I think this is where it gets into your wording, the Ninth Amendment says that the enumeration of certain rights, as found in the Bill of Rights, cannot deny rights of other people. And I think that's a little, a little bit clumsy. But what they're saying is, is once we get to number nine, we're going. Just because we haven't already labeled yeah. what these rights are yeah. doesn't mean that this is the end of the list. Exactly. And that was that yeah. was one of the objections yes. to the Bill of Rights Bill of Rights from the beginning. It's like, geez, how long does this how long does this list have to go? Exactly. Like if we, let's say we list twenty and, <laughs> and then there really should have been twenty five, what happens to those other five? Oh, right? Yeah, well so, you didn't mention those, so you don't have that right. Exactly. What? So and that's, that's how it that's, works. That's why they had the ninth and the tenth amendment, which, Interesting. which both of them basically said just because we didn't list it here doesn't mean people don't have those rights. And that, that I think, is a key point in understanding uh, the law. Is It's not that the Constitution gives us rights. It's not that the government gives us rights. Yes. It's that we have rights, and the Constitution recognizes some of them, and maybe it forgot to recognize some other ones. And we're, we're going to acknowledge the, the biggies yeah. here in the Bill of Rights, just so you know... The government does not have the right to infringe on this, 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 and this. And just because it's not in this list... Doesn't mean you don't have it. Doesn't mean you don't have them. And so from that, over the years, privacy has entered in. And so I've got uh, well, something from the early as the, early as the as 1923 Supreme Court recognized through decisions that the liberty given in the 14th Amendment guarantees a relatively broad right of privacy in regards to procreation, child-rearing, marriage, and medical treatment termination, which we'll get to later. But the term that I'm familiar with that, honestly, I thought came from the Bill of Rights Mm -hmm. was a, quote, reasonable expectation of privacy, which is very loose, but everything's loose. You know, everything's got to be litigated, and that's how it should be, right? based on the standards of the time and whatever yeah. else. But that term did not come along until 1967. 
That's uh... So a lot of these privacy things arose... The, the thing that's interesting to me is back in like the 50s, which, which could be fairly repressive in the sense of there were, there were laws against contraception, there were laws against pornography, there were laws against, you know, books the, that were titillating. Yeah, the obscenity were, laws. Yeah, exactly. Just, you couldn't... Did you, uh, I listened to an interesting podcast about Lenny Bruce, who, yes, was cursing on stage in his comedy act, mm -hmm. and yes, the morality police would mm -hmm. show up, and he was repeatedly arrested and whatever, and finally this resulted in saying, you know... Obscenity is covered by the First Amendment. Yes. But, yeah, and, this and is the so, kind of that's so back a, this in is those the environment. Days, yeah, back in those days, in the in the fifties and sixties, it was the liberals who were in favor of uh, the right of no, they love the they love the First Amendment. Yeah, freedom of expression and okay, get out of my you, bedroom. Yeah, you can't you can't you can't not allow people to read Lady Chatterley's Lover or whatever that yeah, book is. Yeah. yeah. So so the idea was okay. that you had to. Um, you had to allow adults to make decisions about their own life. And then it, it also went into the area of the bedroom because there were laws in Connecticut against um, uh, contraception. And the, the court... Well, let me read this because I thought I misread it until you kind of clarified it for me. It says, gained momentum in the 60s, Griswold versus Connecticut. Exactly. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, Supreme Court says that the, the state law... I, I really, I thought, I thought there was a misspelling here. Prohibiting the dis distribution, possession, and contraceptives to couples who were married was unconstitutional. Uh, how could, are you telling me that there was a time when the, in Connecticut, it was unconstitutional to, I was like, maybe maybe they meant selling contraceptives to unmarried couples. No, no, no. It, was, it was just all around against the law to sell contraception. Right. And so, so, the, so what they're saying is, hey, I, I, they're probably saying, hey, I get that you can't sell to unmarried, but I mean, what are you going to do? Check so, a marriage license. So what's interesting is our our modern attitudes towards contraception are have changed radically in like the last hundred years. So it. Back a hundred years ago, everybody was against contraception. What do you know? Seriously, every, yeah. every, everybody thought that contraception was an immoral thing, and then it was because the, it prevented babies, or it encouraged uh, uh, un, it encouraged unmarried sex. Uh, kind of both. Okay. Because it was it was seen as promoting. Was it a Catholic thing? No, that's the thing. Ah. See, nowadays we we associate laws against contraception with Catholicism. But back in the 1910s, 20s, 30s, all Christian denominations were against contraception. Ah. And it was only the, the uh, famously Orthodox Episcopalians who eventually, um, that's a joke, who, uh, <laughs> who, came, who originally said, no, there, there, could, there, there, could be some, there could be some situations where you know, contraception was acceptable. As a matter of fact, Sigmund Freud was against contraception. Sigmund Freud said that you can, all sexual deviance can be reduced down to one thing, yeah. which is the idea of having sex without making yeah. babies. Uh, really? Yeah. All right. Oh, that's a teaser. Next month, we're doing a show on we're Freud. We're doing a show on Freud. So, so a hundred years ago, it was relatively unanimous that contraception was an immoral thing. Now, 
society changed and we had you know even so, it's a, so here we go in the 60s things yeah. are starting to exactly uh, things are starting to change you have the sexual revolution i'm not sure exactly yeah, where this fits in the timeline this but. might have been a little bit early for that but so griswold versus connecticut the court said no, the state can't intrude into the private affairs of a husband so or wife. That's right, we're, we're, so that's right. So you start buzzing around. So the, the, the buzz term of right, of right to privacy mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. really, really only gains a lot of steam <clears throat> in the second half of the 20th century. Exactly. It doesn't come out of, the, uh, out of the Constitution at all. How about this one here? In 1969, Stanley versus Georgia, the unanimous decision said an individual had the right to privacy to, to watch pornography. Wow. Uh, so, in 1960, I guess they were doing it on videotape? How were they watching the privacy? <laughs> yeah. Back then? No, reel to reel? Reel to reel, exactly. There were no videotapes back in 68. Yeah. So, you you had. Uh, One of those little things that you crank and you, you put in a quarter and you crank. Right. Thurgood Marshall, 1969. This is Stanley versus Georgia. Right. Oh, did I get the dates mixed up? No, I think that's right. Uh, if the First Amendment means anything, so he's not really appealing. So he's using the First Amendment yeah. to justify the, the, the this right to privacy okay. idea. It means that a state has no business telling a man sitting alone in his own house what books he may read or what films he may watch. Our whole constitution, constitutional heritage rebels at the thought of giving government the power to control men's minds. Right. Well, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, good yeah. for you, George. Exactly. Oh, so, Thurgood. Thurgood. Yeah. So, so I totally agree with the idea that the government is not in the position of trying to control what people think. That is absolutely anathema. In to, your house. Yeah. On, right. So this is how you... Right. So uh, he's not saying that you could then take that film projector and show it on the side of your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He's saying a man by himself in his own home, dead on it. Right. And so that is the early... I'm surprised that the early seeds of the idea and the phrase, a reasonable expectation of privacy, is as late as the late 60s. Well, you know, you know, I think, I think perhaps it might have been earlier. Like, I, th- I think we tend in modern times to look at these things in a, in a particular context, which, which would be the context of sexuality. Yeah. I think probably there were decisions earlier in the Republic where we would say that somebody had a right to read political tracts or read, you know, other kinds of information. But do you think that they, they, they the, the fact that they didn't come up in my five-minute lunch search, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that, they, they, that they didn't reach, like, Supreme Court level or something like that? For... Well, I don't know if they did or didn't. I'm just saying that I, I, it seems to me that the idea of political freedom, the idea of having your own thoughts... That was thoughts, a given. Yeah, that was a given. And that, that was... That, that was pretty fundamental to the United States for quite a long time. Until we got kind of porny. Yeah, exactly. Then, then it started to extend. That same concept started to extend. Because that's that's more like you, you're right. Whatnot. You're speaking your mind out in public. Yeah. Uh, that's that's first that's First Amendment stuff. Yeah. Having or or having thoughts or subversive ideas in your own head and in your own house. Yeah. Then so what, in other words, on this list of of. 1960s decision. They also threw in, like you're saying, so, sort of sexual stuff. Uh, 2003 sodomy law. Yeah. So there, in Texas, prohibited homosexual sodomy was struck down by the Supreme Court. So again, 
You've got two adult males in the privacy of their own home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you? What do you? What do you? What are you gonna do? Right. So, th- so that's you're, that. that right, you're gonna send you're another gonna send, you're, you're gonna, you can't send the cops in. To, I heard you, and then you take them down to the station. Is it true that you, you two men, and your privacy of your own house did this and that? Well, well, come on. Yeah. So, the, so the so the question here is not a question of approving of sodomy or saying that this is a good thing or a bad thing. The question is, right. do we do we want the government yes. to have the power to regulate yes. things like this? Do we want them to be able to like look through your windows and see what you're doing and get involved in all your stuff? That's that's yeah, really or, the question. Or, or yes, or just say or come in and say. Assume you have nothing to hide, so you're, of course you're going to answer all of my questions. Yeah. What exactly do you and your wife do for sexual pleasure? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You so know, so this this is, it's just right not your business. It's not your business. It's not your damn gone business. That's right. So so I think the question is, you know, there, there are a lot of things. Those kinds of rules about you know what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, have changed over time, and. The idea of the government like coming in and saying, "Sorry, you have to use the missionary position," or "Sorry, you know, wh- wh- whatever the heck <laughs> it is." Acceptable you know? behavior. Exactly. So, so that but that it did turn out thing. to be uh, you know, things like, yeah, sexuality is. I mean, hopefully, that's the most private thing that's going on in your life. I mean, not for everybody, but uh, hopefully, it is, and it's clearly not a place for government. Yes, and and so the idea basically is to put a restraint. On what the government can be a busybody about. Right. Yeah. So, 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 let's say that this thing, these things that were established in the 60s and they've become pretty solid, you don't have, you don't have the right to not be photographed while in public. Right? Right. A celebrity can't mm-hmm. say, you're invading my privacy while I'm in the supermarket. Sorry, you're in the supermarket. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, there's none, that's, that's not what we consider to be the right to privacy. Right. Now. The problem is. The problem is the new digital age. I know. What's public and what's private? It used to be pretty clear. It's like private was what you did on your own, in your own house, in some place where you had some reasonable expectation of privacy. The but reasonable now, expectation. So how about this? You're, you're, you're a celebrity. You're in your back, your walled backyard. Mm-hmm. By your luxury swimming pool, Jennifer Aniston, somebody flying over with a drone and taking pictures. Exactly. What about that? I know. So you're outside, but you're on your own property. Yeah. I mean, I think this is this is kind of the the before we get into the before we get into the the digital aspect. Right. Just the pedestrian aspect of your right to privacy. I think you I think that is pushing it, right? Uh, yes, it is. And and the problem is that technology Although has if I changed... can get some of those pictures of Jennifer Aniston <laughs> by the pool, I'll take them. So, so the problem is the technology of what is public and what is private has changed. Because yes, in the old it days is the technology. Yeah, in, in the old days if I'm in my house, no one had any way of knowing what I was doing in my house. Nowadays I can bounce a laser off the windows of your house and hear everything that you're saying in your house, right? So, so the the yeah, you have to redefine. You have to redefine what does public mean and what does private mean, or or the same thing about you know Jennifer Aniston. You've got a drone flying overhead, well, or or a satellite or a plane, <laughs> yeah, right. or what, whatever it else, whatever else it is. There's all these ways 
of getting photos and getting information? Or what if, you know, imagine some future technology where you can just like look through a wall right. and see what's going on inside. So it doesn't seem that we have quite, and I don't know, it, it kind of does need to be vague and it's, it's, it's purposely vague. All, I mean, all, all of the amendments mm -hmm. are purposely vague because you can't cover every contingency and yes. just, it needs to be worked out. Yeah. But this, so of course, right? I'm walk. I'm, I'm mowing my lawn, and somebody wants to take my picture. Probably very valuable picture of me. I've seen them on sale. My glittering yeah. skin. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing. Now, what? So, and but then I go in my house. That's none of your business. But my curtains are open, and you're you. My creepy neighbor is looking through into my living room. Right. Uh, is he violating something, or is it incumbent upon me to close the blinds and make sure that he can't look in? Exactly. So, so the, the problem is the boundary between private and public has become confused by technology. So, like it used to be, you know, no one knows what goes on behind closed doors, right? You remember, you remember <laughs> yeah, the old right. song, right? So. But, well, actually, now we do know what goes on behind closed doors. Because you both have your phones, which are listening to everything. And we could conceivably actually see what's going on in there with and different technologies. Yes. So, technology has changed. So I'm, I, I agree that when I'm, when I'm going out to the store, when I'm reading a book... Mm -hmm. Lady Charity's lover, watching some softcore porn at the same time. That's my own business. Then I also think to myself, hey, I'm sitting here on my couch, not wearing pants, and I decide to cruise around on the internet. I'm also home, boom. This is, right, but pri totally private. But is it private? That's exactly. the question. Exactly. exactly. And, and is it the equivalent of... Me actually putting my pants back on and going out into the world because I'm actually leaving my house when I... Yeah, see, that's, that's where it all gets kind of confusing because, because in the old days, you know, Thomas Jefferson had no conception whatsoever <laughs> yeah. of, of me being able to oh type God. something into a computer and get some signal from, you know, Kuwait or what, whatever, right? So... Um, in the old days, when you were you were outside, people could see you. Clear your, it was, clearly, this is not a private area. Yes. And then when I went inside and closed the door, that was clearly a private area. Yeah. We don't this is have... New. We don't have... We, this totally is a, changed. It's a very new situation. So, what we haven't done is come up with clear rules for what does privacy mean in this circumstance. So, if I'm home and I'm going to a website, what's actually happening is... My computer is making a call out somewhere else in the world to get some information to come back. Well, that goes across public networks. So I should is it know. More, is, it, is, it, is it more like reading a book or is it more like going to the mall? Exactly. Or like making a phone call. Let's, let's take it back to a, a yeah, that's earlier, good. earlier yeah, so technology. Here, so we can, right, let's go halfway here. Yeah. Yeah. So making a phone call, let's say we're you back in You have the, what we call the reasonable expectation that nobody else is listening to this. Well, do you? So let's, let's go back to the 1950s. 
we have what's called a party line. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to call the lady down the street, and basically anybody could be listening. And sometimes to what the I'm line saying. is busy because everybody, you know, it's like because you're all using the same line. Right. Exactly. But anybody could be listening to what you're saying, and you understand that. But then there came a time later on as television. Now, did you understand that at the time? Like. As, I never, I never made. No, not phone you calls. personally. Yeah. I mean, that that person. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, they're like, all right. I'm not going to say anything. Mabel, that I don't quit want, listening. Really. And I don't want my yeah. nosy neighbors to Ex know about. I, I think they did I right. th when they knew when they knew there was a. But do line. you know that when you so when you download Google Chrome and and you say, I accept mm -hmm. the eight thousand words. That's a big part of the problem. So have thing. you now said? I've given up my right to privacy. A big part of the problem, in my opinion, is that back when you were using a party line, everybody knew that whatever you were saying, that the nosy lady down at the post office and somebody else could be listening to what you're saying and yeah. it could become public gossip yeah. and whatnot. So you knew that when you were speaking, all right? Now, later on, when technology changed and you were making a phone call, you actually had some reasonable expectation that no one was listening to you because it was a private call between two people. But what happens now is we're in a situation where we probably think it's a private call between two people, but the reality is it's a, it's a public line. And this is going across all these different servers. It's going through these different places. And who knows how many different people are listening in on what we're doing. Big Weed here. We love receiving comments from our listeners, and so if you have something to contribute, comment, disagree, we'd love to hear it. We can be reached at bigweedshow at gmail.com. Just called Pigweed, but Crow Hill will listen to it. Apple is going to search our phones for kitty porn. Well, I don't have an Apple phone, so it's going to search your phone, but not mine. So, the fact that I'm concerned about that, does that make me uh, suspicious? Uh, whoa, whoa, so, what's on your phone that exactly. you know? Exactly, so... <laughs> so, here we are back to, oh, yeah. have you got nothing to hide? Yeah. What, oh, you, what are you, what are you, pro kitty porn? Exactly. So, because so you're that's concerned. The, that's oh. the problem. Is So, somebody, all of a sudden, Apple says, in order to crack down on kitty porn, which... You know, ninety nine point two percent of the population is totally in favor of cracking down <laughs> on kitty porn. Yeah, right. So, in order to crack down on kitty porn, what we're going to do is we're going to monitor everything you do on your phone. Every person who's ever owned, a, a, I don't even know how, how do you even have the firepower to search a billion phones, but I'm sure they do. Yeah, I guess I'm sure so. They do. I, I don't so, know. So, Besides the logistics, how about the uh, wrongness of it all? I mean, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Apple can look inside my phone? Mm -hmm. That was the first thing I thought. I was like, well, forget about the issue itself. It's like, what are you talking about? How, how right. is it possible that... Well, possible is, one, is, a, is another question. But the, the question is, like, like, all kinds of things are technologically possible. The, the real question in my mind is did I consent to this, and am I aware of it? So, so and the question, hold on, those are two different things, because probably when you said, 
Uh, in order to use this phone, you have to check this box. Yeah, I know. You just go, okay. Oh, yeah. The 14-page so, yeah. agreement that I never yeah, read. So, yeah. So, in that sense, you probably did agree to it. What, right, which, which, is, which is an area of law that I predict is going to have to go through some sort of litigation process. Because the idea that we just, okay, in the course of an ordinary day, I probably agree to two or three terms and conditions on various sites. Oh and I've, I, there's I mean, no I mean, way in the world I can read them all. If I, uh, the, the amount of online shopping that I and everybody in the world, or anybody, most people I know do, is nuts. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, even just going to a website, there will be a pop-up come up and say, okay, by continuing to use this website, you agree to our terms and conditions. Okay, fine, I agree to your terms and conditions. Right. Yeah, and click here to read them. I'm like, oh, yeah, God. sure. It's 20 pages of, like, <laughs> no. lawyer gobbledygook. I am, and I, as, like I say, like, as I'm buying stuff, somehow, I don't even know how this even works, I put it on my computer, my computer is talking to my phone, I go to my phone to buy something, and it says load credit card information. I'm like, well, yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. yeah and then it. there it shows up, I'm like, Wow. Okay, do you know that, that doesn't yeah. really seem very secure. No. But yeah. uh, so, there so, it is. So apparently it's in there. And, it, all, you know, uh, uh, 25 other places that I've purchased things from all have my credit card information, as far as I know. Right? Why wouldn't they? It's the only way I can buy it. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I got distracted. What was I saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so the problem is that the line between public and private yeah, has, yeah. Be has become so blurred that we don't really know. Like, imagine... Imagine somebody from uh, 100 years from now, with incredible surveillance technology, were to go back to 1776, right. okay, and could see exactly what Thomas Jefferson was doing in his, in his apartment with his wife, right. okay, right? Now, so Thomas Jefferson would have an expectation of privacy that was completely different from the person from... Yeah. The, the right. 22nd century who would go in and, you know, like, oh, well, obviously everybody knows we know exactly what you're doing in your bedroom because, come on, I mean, everybody knows that, right? So the problem is that the expectation of what's public and what's private has changed dramatically from 1776 to 2021. And the law has been slow to catch up with that. And especially in the internet age, where since wow. the time since the time we were kids, the like what was public versus what is private has changed. From 1776 to 1963, it probably changed a little bit. Yeah. From 1963 to 2021, right. it's changed a zillion times. It's just changed so dramatically. What what does public mean versus what does private mean? And the law has been slow to catch up. And that's a huge problem because what's happening is people are exploiting that. People are using that to their benefit. People are using that in in ways to in legal ways in terms of catching criminals in in terms of like just abusing your privacy in terms of companies having profiles of what you do and what you like and all kinds of other things. So it's it's just radically different from anything that anybody expected. A short time ago. Right. So they are collecting your internet traffic. Mm -hmm. You know, not 
necessarily for nefarious purposes, mostly just to market you, right? Yes, exactly. Most of it's for making money, not for not for being but bad. Why? Why? Oh, right. So you're like, oh, no, who cares? They're just gonna they're just going to say, well, which I which I found convenient actually. The Amazon's like. Oh, so you bought these three albums? Yeah. You might like this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm maybe yeah, I would. Okay, you're right. Because now you have my purchasing history, yeah. but now you've got the browsing history, and then somebody will send you. Right. So you, one time, you go uh, camping in North Carolina, and now you get a bunch of God, you get a bunch of ads popping up about you know some of them might be helpful, something like that. But you know, what's the harm, right? So then this gets all so. But wait a minute, what you're telling me is that all of my internet traffic is being stored and available to whoever wants it? Well, well not, that's a not, little bit not, uncomfortable. Not to whoever wants it, but to, well, certain, to, but, buy it. But to, certain, <laughs> but to certain people. Yeah. Like it can be available to Google and Apple and, and Amazon, and it can also be available to the government in certain situations. But I guess the real question, so, so one big problem that we're facing is... When you agree to terms and conditions, have you really agreed to those oh terms and conditions? And they're like, well, you had the opportunity to read it. And that's almost, like, a, that's almost like an out. unreasonable I know. situation. But here, also, right? but also, I mean, say, haven't, haven't people put in all kinds of gobbledygook and that they're just for the for the fun of it? Somebody just insert, and you have to give up the rights to your firstborn child. Who knows? Nobody knows what's in there. It could, <laughs> yeah, it could say that you that know. you owe them a pint of blood every month. I mean, you have no idea what's in those things because nobody reads them. So, which right, is why, so, so of course, so. If it came, so if they said that, yeah. and it came, they came to collect your blood, and then you went to court and said, "All right, this is unreasonable." They people would agree with you. They, yes, that is unreasonable. But, uh, but that hasn't happened. I, I would like to see that case. I would like to see a situation where a court rules on whether somebody clicking, "I agree to your stupid terms and conditions because I'm too lazy to read them," right. whether that is really legally enforceable. Exactly. I have not seen right. That. And once you establish that. Just by clicking that does not make you liable to follow all of the terms and conditions. Because like obviously that is what the commitment is when you yeah. check the stupid box. Right. I would like to know. So I, I want to get back and just spend a minute or two on this question of if you have nothing to hide. <laughs> right? Because that's, that's I mean, the it's, attitude. It's kind, of, it's kind of compelling. Yeah. Right? And it's yes. certain sense yes it sounds really good but what are you saying actually exactly so so the, the argument basically is this if you've got nothing to hide then why are you afraid of the government and google and apple and amazon and everybody else having all this information about you okay so so i read this uh article today that said that the average american commits three felonies every day <laughs> Well, I, don't think so. I mean, I certainly like drive over the speed limit and stuff like that. But you're talking felonies. Yes, yes. So, so I don't, I don't know what that amounts to. The problem is that the law has expanded to such a degree that nobody even knows what's in the law anymore. Nobody even knows what's. It's almost, it, it almost becomes terms and agreements. Exactly. Yeah. It's like these terms and conditions that you're agreeing to. Yeah. It, the the, the law is just as opaque. Yeah. As so, there are so many things. That I might be doing, okay, so, so for example, I, I now own my own business and work as a consultant and do different kind of things. Okay, there, there might be laws 
about what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to do, what I'm allowed to charge for, that I have no understanding yeah. or concept right. of. I've never even heard of them before. And I might be accidentally breaking those laws. Yes, right. I mean, it, right. Is there an allowance for just, look, the, the, the body of law is overwhelming, and do you I mean, recognize that I can't keep track of everything... Or is the law is the law, which yeah. is where, which is where, what gives you the what do you have to hide situation? Exactly. So, so you know, when when the law was ten commandments written on, a, <laughs> it's pretty easy for everybody to understand what the law was, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, like, who can write the law? Who even who even knows what the law is? Yeah. Is there anybody anywhere in the United States who actually knows what the law is? And so, so like the idea, a thousand of, pages of Obamacare. Not a thousand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's just Obamacare. That's just Obamacare. Yeah. So there's probably millions of pages of law. How is it even possible right. that I know to have all Moses, about the lawgiver, in yeah. charge of all of it? Yeah, exactly. So, no. so the idea of ignorance of the law is no excuse. That well, made, come on. That made sense when there were only ten commandments. <laughs> you know. Okay, fine. You learned those as a kid. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Um, you should have known. But when the law is a, a zillion pages of stuff, there's no possible way you can know them all. And probably I'm breaking the law five times a day and don't even know it and have no intention of doing anything wrong. I'm just breaking the law. Now, if the government had absolute access to all my information, yeah. should, I, should I now be going to jail? Because yeah, of course, because they, they would be able to find out of the... The time that you said to somebody that I didn't, you know what, I sold my lawnmower, but I didn't claim it on my taxes, right? Come on. Right. So, so there's that kind of thing. But then there's, there's also other kinds of problems, which is, so we like to think that the government is some sort of, you know, they follow the rules and they're following procedures and all. Well, the government is full of people, and people have nefarious motives from time to time. So what if somebody who works for the government is, you know, a lover I jilted, or a, uh, you know, somebody who hates me for some reason, or somebody who, like... Right, right. The, assumption, the assumption is that that them having full access to your information would never result in any misuse of the access to this Which information. Which is nonsense. Right, right, right. right. Like... Two politicians who want to destroy each other. Exactly. Uh, they're, oh, well, I mean, you know, they, everything's got to be on the level and you're not going to... No, because what? The, what, the, the reality is that somebody who works for the department of blah, blah, blah is going to listen to a Pigweed and Crowhill episode and say, gosh, I hate those guys. I'm going to find a way to frame them for X, Y, or Z. Oh, look at this. We found out that they were out on a camping trip and in the in the in the uh, campsite right next door to them were some Al Qaeda terrorists, and now we're <laughs> going to report them. No, no, no. The next to them was somebody with a, a cell phone, and we hacked into their cell phone and heard them tell 
a, 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 a off-color joke. Exactly. Yeah. So now, now we're gonna. So be I was, the, the, a dumb blonde joke. Yeah, we're gonna between be four guys on a camping. We're trip. gonna be brought before the woke commission about dumb <laughs> blonde jokes. And <laughs> did you guys actually say this? Well, what are you talking? We were on a camping trip. Four guys. Just a bunch of guys sitting around a campfire drinking. Ah, uh, yes, but uh, we yeah. have access to. Yeah. So, so oh, I think that the, the the bottom line problem with privacy is that we have not made a clear distinction between the public and the private. All right. Well, before we wrap this thing up, I wanted to get to the HIPAA. Yeah. Because yes. we've got uh, all we've right now we have these demands yeah. by the federal government, local government, and businesses, and businesses, and, and private businesses yeah. about what. What is your vaccination what status? What medicine yeah. you have stuck into your arm? Yes. And what does HIPAA stand for? I forget. It's got two A's at the end. It's the health hypothetical ins- what? Health Insurance right. Portability and Accountability Act. Okay. And that is the idea, I think, originally is that when you move from insurance company to insurance company... Or from company to company. You don't... Uh, they're, you don't have to give them your medical background so that they don't decide whether or not they can deny so, you so, service. So what, right? one, one potential origin for this kind of thing is let's say your AIDS status, whether you have AIDS or not. Okay, So there was a time when basically if you had AIDS, you were either Haitian or homosexual. Right? That, that, that was, so, so it was a fair bet that if somebody had AIDS, then they were homosexual. And people would discriminate against them on the basis of that. And people would say, wait a minute, this isn't right. We shouldn't allow people to have your health information so that they could have their bigoted attitudes towards homosexuals or Haitians or whatever uh, affect your employment status. So we were trying to hide that. We were trying to say, no, your health insurance information is between you and your doctor. Yes. And there's, there's a, there's a, that's a, a very important thing. Because if I go to the doctor... It's very important for me to be able to tell the doctor the truth, whatever the truth, whatever the truth is, right? right. Which is effed up now because, uh, anyway, go ahead. ahead. But but it's it's important for me to be able to tell the doctor what's actually going on in my life so that the doctor can come up with the right diagnosis of how to treat me. Right, and if he asks you, uh, have you ever smoked, and you go, yeah, you know, I, I, I... you know, I, I smoke, you know, like once a month. And all of a sudden that. now the insurance company knows And now that. your insurance, right? Yeah. So it's supposed to be between you and the doctor. It's, it should be the same thing as between you and a psychiatrist, yes. between you and a lawyer. You and your priest, whatever else. Yes. There should, yeah. there, should be a level, there should be a level of um, privacy in that conversation. So HIPAA is basically trying to say your health information is a private thing. It's protected in the same way as yeah. you and your lawyer and you and your... Exactly. So so now we have the situation where companies are saying you have to prove that you've been vaccinated. Or, right, or which like, is a medical uh, procedure. Yeah. Uh, or going, going back, how about if uh, you... Hey, welcome to our public pool. You need to prove that you don't have AIDS. Mm-hmm. Right, I think HIPAA would say you can't do that. So, uh, what's with this the the vaccine mandate? So, so here's where because it, gets it goes a little... both ways. Because my son, uh, for some reason, I didn't have the I didn't have the proper paperwork when I enrolled my 
son into kindergarten or whatever, yeah. and they're like, if you can't produce the fact that he has these vaccines, right. he cannot come to a public school. Yeah, it's a, it's a really hard issue because on the one hand, there are situations throughout American history where like measles, mumps, various kinds of things, yeah. where everybody had to get the vaccine. Smallpox. Smallpox, yeah. exactly. To try to control this horrible disease that I is affecting it. so many people. I get it. I, I totally get that. And we have to say, sorry, whether you like it or not, you're going to get this vaccine. And you're going to have to stand in line in elementary school and get this uh, right. horrible shot. So, I mean, how, what, so what would the argument be? So you, let's just say, right, this is already, this is, we've already, we already have smallpox precedent. Yeah. Can you make the same threat to public danger? Exactly. That uh, exactly. COVID is... Yeah, to and that's small, that's smallpox. That's that's and what that, we have And why? Ha, well, well, actually, why this has to be challenged in court so yes. that we do exactly that? They're like, okay, I get what you're saying. Yes, it has been done before. But if you do have smallpox, we do have measles. You can't send your kids to school without this. Does this rise to that level? Exactly, and I that's that's the thing that we haven't decided is where do you draw the line? Like, okay, so smallpox is over here, and sniffles is over here. Yeah, like. Somewhere between, plague. yes, somewhere between bubonic plague, smallpox, and whatever else, and and sniffles, and uh, you know, I don't know what else. On the other end, <laughs> where, where between those two is the line where the government can say you must get this thing? We, and we are going to shove chemicals into your arm, yeah. or you cannot participate in proper society. Exactly, and 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 there has to be some sort of a, a a line between those two, and I don't know how in the world you draw that line. Mm -hmm. But we but but we don't have it right now. Now it's just sort of uh, whatever somebody thinks. That's what the line is going to be. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. What about? Well, I don't want to get into masking. Let's just stick with the privacy part. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I actually have one, one other thing yeah. before we before we quit this topic, unless you have something else. No, go ahead. I'll okay. just look for it. Let me see if I got it. Yeah. So the other the thing I wanted to talk about was your potential man of the, the century. Man of the century. My man of the century is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, now why would that be? So he leaves Austria yeah. because he wants to be the greatest bodybuilder in the world mm -hmm. and the only basically the only way to be the greatest anything in the world is to come to america of course yeah. geez do we have to repeat this oh, yeah, yeah. so obvious so he comes to america crushes the bodybuilding world yeah if you haven't seen pumping iron well gotta see it uh, but he's not done there i know so so he so he comes to the top of one field, which is something that like one in a million people can do. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't care what it is, right? It's, yeah, it's, whatever it's, the field it's is, skating. It's get, getting climbing, to the top of that whatever. field is hard to do. Yes, yeah, so, so you top are. Of that yeah. And then is like, well, why don't I use this to get into Hollywood? Right. And he's not just like the sidekick hunk guy. Yeah. Or the you know, I'm I'm the bodybuilder guy. No, no, no. He gets roles that don't have anything to do with his. He, he becomes, his acting he becomes is good enough. Top, yeah. He becomes kindergarten cop. 
and okay. and Terminator, and he becomes yeah. Right. So he's so right. So he's crushed in the in the uh, bodybuilding world. Uh, right. A sports field. Right. Now he's conquered the entertainment world. He's right. like, well, I don't know. I guess the only thing I could do is be the most important person in the most important state in the country with that has a GDP. Like it's number seven in the world. So right. this come, my my state is the seventh most important country in the world. Maybe I'll just be governor of that too. Yeah. So so now he becomes governor of California. Fantastic. So he, so he's done. He's oh my god. Bodybuilding. Oh. Hollywood. Oh. Governor of California. Politics crushed them all. Yeah. So so he is in very. Oh, he's married to the, the married to the Kennedys. Yeah, married exactly. to the Kennedys yeah, exactly. family. So this is very high on the list of. People who are just damned impressive. Most awesome dude of right. the 20th century. And then now, what has he said? And now he is like, screw your damn freedoms. You put on the mask. Screw your freedoms? I know. And so there is a, uh, a bodybuilding event that he's the sponsor of. He was de-sponsored. Mm. Which is amazing because usually it's only uh, conservatives that get deplatformed. Right. He was kicked out of being the sponsor of this wow. for his Screw Your Freedoms. Wow. Which, I mean, I hate it because I hate the cancel thing, but finally it's coming back on the other side. And so in this sense, I'm like, well, good, you're going to get a little... Yeah, don't just screw your freedoms. Where are you, where, where, where are you from, Austria? Where, where Hitler is from? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He yeah. actually... Yeah, he actually is. is. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I had to do the uh, reductum ad Hitlerium. There you go. Yeah. Every, that, every, every argument comes down to Eventually comes back to Eventually, Hitler. everything actually comes down to you remind me of Hitler. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. Schwartzy? You could have been... You could have been our you, man of the century. You... Yeah, yes. You... I, I hope you're happy now. You have just lost your opportunity I know. to be the PNC man of the century. I know, and all because you decided to dis, you hate freedom. To dis freedom. That's right. All right. Wait, well, yeah, hold on. Wait a minute. We, do we have do we have an actual man of the week? I, I mean, have, we, here we have the non man of the week, non man oh, of the century. Geez. Okay. Oh my gosh. So here we have this boy, five year old Harvey Sutton, does the entire Appalachian Trail just in time to start kindergarten. So, so now that he's going to kindergarten, it's a fantastic story. Yeah. When they left, I don't know. That's borderline irresponsible. <laughs> well, I mean, mom and dad were with him the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. Still, I mean, you're dragging kids for two hundred. What is it? Two hundred and ninety days yeah. scrambling up the. But they had videos online the whole oh, trip. And gosh, it just so, seems like a nutty idea, and I just don't know how his little body. Could handle. I, to, I don't know. To, what is it? Twelve hundred miles. It's, it's a heck of a walk. And half of it's uphill, downhill, and yeah. he's like, uh, oh, oh, there it is. Two hundred nine. It's twenty one hundred miles. Two hundred and nine days. Wow. And uh, I but mean, it was I fun mean, checking out frogs, lizards, and other wildlife. Okay, yeah, right. So, so right. So he's gonna go. He's gonna go. They're from Virginia. He's gonna go into kindergarten and. Everybody's going to be asked, what did you do this what summer? What did you do this summer? Oh, I, I walked the entire Appalachian <laughs> Trail with my mom and dad. Yeah, the kids are going to be like, is that far? He's going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. How far? Same far. You're afraid of walking to the 7-Eleven? Right up the street there? So, so Harvey, um, you know, 
And we're not we're not sure exactly what we think of your mom and dad. I mean, but but <laughs> because if it had gone wrong at any place along the way, exactly. your parents would have been hauled in. It, it would be some... this is child abuse, <laughs> exactly. But but thank you. So, well, I'm so glad that you survived, Harvey. You made it, and uh, you're the man. You are the man. All right. If you like Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill, please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much.